Welcome to the Beautifully Balanced Podcast. I am your host, elemental yoga teacher, Samantha Dinage. Join me as we explore holistic approaches to find more balance in today's hectic world. I invite you to follow me on Facebook and Instagram with the username at the Beautifully Balanced Podcast. Welcome to my episode all about the three different doshas that make up the different mind-body types in Ayurveda. It's important to recognize that these three different types uh, we could say are stereotypes and in reality we're made up of a combination of these three different doshas, vata, pitta and kapha and we have one or two dominant doshas that make up the majority of our characteristics and behaviors and help us to build up our strengths and our gifts that we have to share out there in the world. But for the purpose of today's episode, we'll be looking at each of them individually and covering some of the typical um, personalities of each of the doshas, the typical body types that go with them, along with what causes them to get out of balance and some brief tips that help bring each dosha back into balance to help them to feel good. Each dosha also links to some various different health concerns that we'll also touch on in this introduction to the doshas today. Let's have a look at the vata dosha. So vata is airy in nature. As I mentioned in the previous episode, vata consists of air and space elements. So maybe you can recognize in yourself or a friend, that person that's always starting many different projects, or maybe they're talking about many different ideas in their head, that maybe they want to write a cookbook, maybe they want to start a musical instrument, Maybe they've been to a couple of dance classes. Maybe they go to a different restaurant all the time because they like trying something new. These people naturally like to feel free. They don't like to feel restricted. They're not so keen on structure. They fluctuate from different opinions, which I know can happen to me sometimes. One day I feel like this and I have this opinion. Another day it might have completely changed. Vata's gifts are that they are able to be creative. They're going to be the musician, the artist. They enjoy using their imagination, which often as adults, we kind of get cut off from. Whereas children, we can happily make up different scenarios. But Vata types, they have that imagination to see new ideas, but sometimes they need some help pushing them through to make them a reality. They can be spontaneous by nature and they're just happy to go with the flow. However, because they can get easily excited and want to do something right now, this moment they're gonna go off in a different direction. These short bursts of high energy can tire them easily so it's important to take a rest and to fuel the body with the right foods throughout the day rather than leaving big gaps between meals. In terms of 
body characteristics, then vatas tend to generally be quite cold. If you've got someone who's always complaining about cold hands and cold feet, then this is probably a vata type. Also, the joints can be a little bit crackly because they're a bit airy. They're not very well lubricated and sometimes the veins can be visible. In terms of body structure, they will generally have a lighter, smaller structure and be of a slimmer, thinner build. They may have cool or darker skin and often that skin tends to be on the drier side. So it can be important to moisturize effectively. And this is why I really love Ayurvedic massages because they use warm oils, which feel so lovely and nourishing for my dry skin. Their hair tends to be brittle and thin, often snapping easily. And in women, periods tend to be irregular and sometimes accompanied by pain. In terms of digestion, for vatas, it can be poor or weak. It might be difficult to digest foods one day and fine the next. Conditions such as IBS are often related to a vata imbalance. An excess air in part of the colon creates bloating and gas. So low impact exercise can help to build a digestive strength. Emotionally, a vata type is quite sensitive. They can be prone to worry. So linking back to that stress episode, talking about the tornado, the wind, getting the mind busy. That can be a challenge to try and tame. But what they do have through this sensitivity is an amazing intuition and wisdom to connect with others and also to themselves. Along with undertaking a number of different activities, they might have very varied sleeping patterns and eating patterns and generally tend to sleep lighter than some other people. So it's important to make sure that you get enough hours in bed to get that rest that's needed. So when balanced, a vata person will be vibrant, energetic, creative, vivacious and excitable. And when they're in balance, they can be truly dynamic and achieve lots of tasks. They can definitely be the life and soul of the party. As my husband calls me after a couple of wines, party Sam. And <laughs> also love to travel. And for me, that's traveling to warm and tropical climates to help balance the cold tendencies that I have in my body and mind. Fatters do have a tendency to become out of balance most easily. And what happens when there's too much air, dryness, coldness and too much movement? Because often vata types are drawn towards all of these things and it becomes excessive and therefore knocks them out of their natural balance and starts to create potential illnesses and disease. So next time you're feeling a bit spaced out or scatty, maybe it's your vata trying to tell you that it needs to come back into balance. Vatas get aggravated through things such as big changes in their lives, frequent flying up there in the space, in the air, also traveling by train and road because they're not grounded down, they're moving across the earth below. Also things like changes to, to time zones and, irreg and irregular routines 
aggravate Vata. They're best being restricted a little bit with some kind of structure and some time out in nature to connect with the earth. Their gift of being able to think and move quickly can become excessive. So taking on too much physical exercise can really throw a Vata. Also, thinking about foods... We already know vatas have a lot of air in them, so consuming foods like popcorn and rice crackers that are quite airy can also increase this element. This also is similar to smoking cigarettes. In terms of the senses, vatas can often get overstimulated, especially by noises and different lights. Also, being around people with excessive talking can also provoke them. So those sensitivity is the gift of vata. When it's too overstimulated, things start to fall out of balance. When the vata has to suppress their creativity and their emotions, along with natural urges, this includes moving, eating, going to the toilet, sleeping when they need to. This goes against their free-flowing nature and becomes a problem. So linking into health and certain disorders, vata is commonly linked to muscle pains, arthritis and osteoporosis, high or low blood pressure, chronic fatigue, premature aging. They can be certainly prone to food allergies. And as I mentioned, vata is the key link to stress. It also links to mental disorders such as attention deficit disorder and anxiety. And I love this mantra that I found on the Chopra Center website. It says, I stay grounded, no matter the direction or force of the wind. How beautiful is that? Helping the airy vata to connect and ground down towards the earth, bringing about the opposite qualities that they need. Let's have a look at the pitta dosha. So people with a strong pitta means they have a lot of the fire element within them along with some water. So these people make exceptionally good leaders and public speakers because they have the fire within them that they need to be passionate, driven and they love a challenge and to get things completed. They have excellent memory, meaning that they can complete multiple tasks at the same time, which is also supported by their strong organisational skills and being very efficient and decisive. I really wish I could make decisions as quickly and as practically as my husband. He is definitely a pitter. They're also great critical thinkers looking for ways to improve things quite easily. In terms of body characteristics, often they are of a medium and well-proportioned build and they have an average and stable weight. They can have fine hair, sometimes light or red in colour. Think red, think fire. Their eyes can be medium-sized and bright and their nose is often thin and pointed. They tend to sleep fairly well and undisturbed and at eight hours should definitely suffice. In terms of their digestion, they have a very strong digestion. They can eat probably almost anything it feels to them. And I know this is the case whenever I've been on holiday to Southeast Asia. I'm the one who tries to make everything nice and clean, 
really take care of washing my hands, etc. And I'm the one that gets sick, whereas my husband's a lot more laid back about it. He'll eat what he wants and he's always absolutely fine. In women, in terms of menstruation, it tends to be regular, although often heavy and longer lasting. Because of their hot, fiery nature, pitters tend to perspire, get that word out, easily and quite heavily. So exercising, when you're seeing the beads running down someone's face, and maybe you look absolutely fine, maybe they are a pitter. And when it comes to exercise, they're probably the type of people that get quite competitive. They're in it to win it. Again, this is why they make good leaders. But in terms of sweating and feeling hot, they can get quite uncomfortable in hot tropical climates and might prefer to go on cooler holidays such as skiing. They absolutely love routine order and cleanliness. They don't like to go with the flow so much. They want to know exactly what is happening and when. I definitely have a bit of pitter in me because this is linked to the hangry. Yeah, people know me. Don't come, don't come near me or try and stop me if I need to eat some food because I will get very irritable. Is this you or somebody that you know? They can be quite witty and outspoken and generally quite joyful. They're spending less time in their heads and more time cracking on, being productive and making a quick decision and going out and enjoying themselves. They tend to have very good communication skills because their mind isn't so scatty. It's more logical. It's more organized. It makes it easier to speak out in public in a concise manner. They are able to perform under pressure. However, they're often striving for perfection. And of course, that can lead to stress rather than just realizing sometimes you've got to let it go and things are good enough. This can lead them to have high expectations on other people and they can become quite impatient in nature. Do you know that person who's quite fiery? They get annoyed over what seems to be nothing. They're adventurous and they're brave. So I know an ideal um, activity for my husband is to go on a nice big hike. He has the medium build for it. Whereas me, with my vata, crackly joints, they don't really like it after I've been walking downhill for for a couple of hours. So I leave him to crack on with any long hikes. Pitters also have strong opinions. So they can often be straight and direct and assertive. So they're great if you want to know where you stand and exactly what you need to do if you work for them, for example. However, if you like something, somebody who talks around things a little bit more, weaves in and out of some of the finer details, then you might find that a pitta type may be a little difficult to talk to. When balanced, pitta's greatest gift might be their courage to take action and follow through on their dreams. However, a pitta can become out of balance when they have too much of their own natural tendencies, too much heat too much, and too much sharpness, for example. 
Pitotypes are naturally attracted to foods and habits that will increase their heat further. This might be spicy foods or quite intense physical sports. So opposite qualities to, to pitta are necessary to help balance them out. When not balanced, pitters can be quite angry, jealous, argumentative and cause a lot of irritations and conflicts between people. It might be outwardly displayed at others through various criticisms as well as being pretty hard on themselves as well with their internal talk. If we think about language that uses fire and heat, it could be things like, they make my blood more boil. I could really punch his lights out. Pitters can become imbalanced when they stay up watching TV too late at night, when they're overworking themselves, trying to be perfectionists, having their own high expectations, and when they're trying to be competitive and do better than others. This can also lead them to being quite over, over, get the word out, over ambitious in all that they're trying to achieve. Sometimes you can't be going full throttle in every single aspect of your life. Sometimes you've got to find that balance and choose actually which areas are you going to focus on giving your full energy to. And at this moment in time, maybe which ones are going to take the slight back burner. Pitta-driven health concerns can include liver and gallbladder disorders, cystitis with burning peeing, headaches and migraines because we're too hot-headed, inflammatory conditions of the blood and the skin, as well as being prone to energy depletion and burnout, along with aggression, irritability, arrogance, obsession. And sometimes this can flow through into things like being an alcoholic. A pitta balancing affirmation from the Chopra website is, I have time for all that I need to accomplish. I'll say that again. I have time for all that I need to accomplish. Last but not least, let's have a look at the final dosha, which is kapha. So kapha links to the elements of earth and water. If we think about the earth, it's much more solid and dense in comparison to the higher elements like air and space. So a kapha person tends to be more grounded. They are calmer. They're lovely to be around if you need a bit of stability. And they love to help look after other people. They have a great patience and a really loving and kind heart. Kapha's body type tends to be a broader frame with heavier bones. And this is ideal for long endurance activities. They would be much more suitable to run a marathon, going at a slower, steady pace for a longer amount of time than, say, somebody of a vata nature that doesn't really have the strength and the strong joints to endure such a long episode of exercise. They tend to have thick, oily and perhaps curly hair and their eyes are often large. They have large, strong, white nails and teeth and their skin tends to be quite oily and smooth. In terms of hunger and appetite, they have a moderate appetite for food and possibly a little bit of a slow digestion. 
They have lovely, calm and relaxed voices. So again, really nice to be around. Probably great if you want to slow down. If you're a vata, talking 100 miles an hour, try and engage with a conversation with a kaffir. They often like to sleep. They can sleep deeply and for long periods of time. And they prefer dry and warmer climate. As I've mentioned, kaffirs tend to be patient and calm and a very collected disposition. They are warm and compassionate and often tolerant of others. And they have a very forgiving nature. Because of their patience, they have really great listening skills. Taking the time to listen to what you're saying rather than interrupting and wanting to move on to the next thing. Because they like stability, they often are a creature of habit, doing the same things at the same time and often go into the same places. That makes them feel comfortable and relaxed. They also enjoy spending time at home and around the house. They're the type of person that might cook a soup and offer you a portion. They might invite you around for a nice, calm, relaxing dinner and they probably take a pride in creating a warm, cozy space for them to relax within their home. Although it can often take them a while to grasp new ideas and concepts, once they have picked it up, it becomes really absorbed and ingrained and stays in their memories for a long time. Because of this, they're great people to go back to, to help remind you of the finer details that they've remembered and maybe you've forgotten. Their slow and methodical approach is great to help move projects forwards without being around someone who's going to get snappy when things don't go their way. And they're not the type of person to rush everything, which means they can generally get the results without having all of the anxiety about trying to get things done within a certain amount of time and rushing around. They don't have that busy mind. When the natural tendencies of kaffa become imbalanced, they can often lead quite a still and slow lifestyle. They may need to try and increase their activity, even though it's the absolute last thing that they think they want to do to help get over any tiredness, any heaviness and feeling lethargic. They tend to veer towards heavy foods, which doesn't help this imbalance and aggravates it further. When under lots of stress, they can really slow down and almost grind to a halt. And this can lead them to feel dull and clouded, which can sometimes lead to depression. In order to comfort themselves, kaffir types might be more prone to emotional eating, overeating. They might also start to put on weight. However, on the upside, the kaffir is extremely loyal and stable. They are amazing to be around when you feel like you need a little bit of looking after. When you want to slow down, they will definitely probably encourage you to take some rest and to sleep in and say that that's absolutely fine because it's what you need. In terms of common kaffir health concerns, we have type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, asthma and obesity. And finally, the kaffir balancing affirmation from the Chopra Center is... I am independent, free and infinite. I am independent, free and infinite. If you'd like to have a bit of fun finding out what your dosha is, 
you can click on one of the links that I'll provide in this episode summary. Sahara Rose and Deepak Chopra provide an online quiz and they'll give you some results to share a little bit about what you can do to balance your dosha. Key tools in Ayurveda to find balance are based around food with your diet and nutrition, exercise and movement, sleep and rest, the environment and your relationship, considering the mind and your emotions, and there's often some daily self-practices that you can do to find more balance, along with undertaking some regular massages. And I'm super excited to be diving in and learning more about Ayurveda when I attend a one-week course all about Ayurvedic therapies over in Nottingham at Tridosha or Tridosha, however you want to pronounce it, with the well and highly recommended Sunita Passi. So this course enables um, the therapist to be able to offer bespoke and individualized treatments based on people's energies and their elements to really tune in and find more balance. Listen out for the next Beautifully Balanced episode available on the 26th of February, a Wednesday, where I'll be discussing the physical benefits of having a regular yoga practice. See you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review and press the subscribe button. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Beautifully Balanced podcast.